All right. How's everyone doing? You guys awake today? You guys alive? Hey, so you guys uh, find a seat, find a table with some people tonight. Man, there's a lot of you guys. Hey, who's excited about this new year? Anybody excited about this new year? You know, uh, I, I decided this, this, um, this new year that I was going to turn off the TV, uh, not watch anything, and it's been really good because I think sometimes there's just so much negativity going on, and yet I have this hope. I think God is he's moving, in the, he's moving in the spiritual realm. He's moving in the lives of his people, and despite what anybody has to say or Facebook or media or anything going on, I, I have... I have tremendous hope that God um, is working. He's working in this church. He wants to work in, our, in this country. And I, and I think it's just ready to, um, ready to come to fruition what he's planning on doing. And so if, um, if you want to be a part of that, then just jump on board because that's what God does. He likes to hijack our show and steal the show and, and do what he does best. And so that's what I'm hoping he does tonight. I hope he... Uh, he the Holy Spirit just brings in some of the razzle-dazzle and, and speaks to someone. You know, I, I, our Father wants to speak to someone. He wants to speak to you guys. And he's in a good mood tonight, if you're, if, you're, um, if you're curious. You know, some of you guys need to hear that because, you know, maybe you're around your dad and you didn't know if he was in a good mood or not. But God's in a, he's in a good mood tonight. And, he, and we can come into his presence and, and receive his grace, his love, his mercy, just Words that transform us. How many of you guys know that it's the, it's the blood of Jesus that forgives us of sin, but it's the word of God that transforms our mind. <clears throat> and I was, I was looking into that word. You know, I like to study words sometimes, and, and we, that word transform is the same word of when Jesus was on the mount and, at, and actually transfigured before Peter, James, and John. When, when he became just when they saw his glory and his clothes changed white, that same word, that same word for transform our mind and transfigure is the same. And so I just, when I read that, I was like, wow, you know, the Father really does want us to become like Jesus, you know, and, and we just, and I want that too. And that's what this whole, this whole um, Corinthians thing is about, is becoming like Jesus, becoming something new, transforming into something New and as the pastor on Sunday, he just gave some uh, amazing word just on the, the three things that he felt on his heart. You know, uh, the salvation, revelation, and, and transformation. And that last word, transformation, I've just been praying about that all week. It just kept popping up because I was thinking, you know, how many people come to Christ? You know, they come to Christ, they get saved, and I, I really do believe they get saved. And yet, there's no transformation. There's no growth in their life. You know, they don't see it. They don't see the fruit happening in their life. And I'm just thinking, you know, there's, there's something not right about that because God, he, he wants to transform us. He wants to, and some of us, you know, are kind of afraid of that. We think it's a, a disciplinary thing, but God wants to, to, to make us into the image of his son. And if you think about Jesus, man, I want to be able to sleep in storms. You know, I want to have that kind of peace. I want to have that kind of love to just give to people. And so 
I often think, you know, what, what is it that, that keeps people from being transformed? Because the world, you know, they can see it too. You know, they can see, sometimes they can see Christians who they profess what they believe, but they aren't the embodiment of that. There's a, a, famous, a famous evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke. Many of you guys, maybe you haven't heard of him. Some of you guys have. He was a, a famous evangelist in Africa. He was, in, he was invited to a university and, and it, he was going to be debating an atheist, right? And this atheist was like, Reinhard, I hear you preach all the time about the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and how powerful the blood of Jesus. Well, I don't believe it because I look in this world, I still see war, I still see famine, I see people killing each other. I don't see that the blood of Jesus is powerful at all. And this is what he responded to him. Well, you know what? There's a lot of soap in this world. There's a lot of soap, but yet there's still a lot of dirty people. <laughs> right? You, can, you could go to a soap factory. You could work in a soap factory. You can buy it. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't guarantee that you're clean at all because you got to take it and you got to apply it to your life. And that's how, that's how transformation happens is when you take that, that soap and, it, and it actually apply it to your life, that's when you see transformation. And so, amazingly, the, the atheist came up to him afterwards. He's like, you're the real deal, man. Pray for me. And so, it's, it was really cool that God did that, you know. But that's, that's what I hope and pray for this church, is for real transformation, real growth. And, and all the, you know, don't, don't even think for a second that us leaders have attained something, right? God is stretching us. He is stretching us a lot. He's We've grown a lot, and, he, and he's causing us to grow even more. We've had our leaders meeting and just shared some of the words, and some of the words some of the leaders were sharing were new life or maturity and all these things. So we're, we're right in the boat with you guys, you know, as far as this whole transformational process. You know, I have this saying, if you're, if you're not a work in progress, then you're just a piece of work. And so <laughs> we're works in progress, and so you don't want to be the other one. But I'm just going to read from this, um, from Corinthians, and this is what he's talking about. He's talking about the resurrected life. He's talking about the resurrected life, and that's synonymous with this transformation. You know, I thought it was, it, one more point before I get into it, but, uh, you know, Jesus, when he, when he, the Pharisees asked him for a sign or, or wonder, right? A, a sign is supposed to make you wonder when you, when you see a sign, but the thing is, is that he never gave him a sign. He said, the only sign you're going to see is the sign of Jonah, right? Because they were expecting maybe like one of these plagues, you know, the Nile turning into blood, just the, the sun turning into dark, some kind of cosmic, some kind of massive sign, indisputable proof, indisputable proof that he was God. That's what they were looking for. That's what they wanted to see. And he, yet he says, the only sign you will see is the sign of Jonah, which Jonah was the the guy was running away from God. He got swallowed by the well and spat up by the well and went to um, that city, Nineveh, to, to preach, right? Repentance. Well, he was talking about the death and resurrection. And I, I, was, I came to the conclusion is that God is actually more concerned about transformation than he is about signs and wonders. And I believe in signs and wonders. But Jesus rising, rising, uh, being raised from the dead into a new creation, into something brand new was, was what his heart was about. And maybe that's just, 
You know, maybe you don't get that or understand that, but that was just something I was thinking about, about how transformation is so important to the, to the Father. And that's what people see. That's a testimony to other, what other people see. It's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I'm just going to start with verse 35 in this whole thing. It talks about resurrection. It talks about sowing in the ground. And um, this is what Paul is saying. He says, I can almost hear someone saying, how can the dead come back to life? And what kind of body will they have when they're resurrected? So they're talking about this resurrection, this, this transform- transformative life. And Paul's speaking to himself. He says, foolish man. Don't you know that what you sow in the ground doesn't germinate unless it dies? And what you sow is not the body that will come into being, but the bare seed. And it's hard to tell whether it's wheat or some other seed. But when it dies, God gives it a new form, a body to fulfill his purpose. And he sees to it that each seed gets a new body of its own and becomes a plant he designed it to be. I love this passage, because especially the verse where it says, don't you know that what you sow into the ground doesn't germinate unless it dies? You know, I brought a, a pack of seeds with me. I'm kind of a wannabe gardener, and I have this pack of seeds with me. And if you look at the picture, what do you guys see? Can you see that up close? Tomatoes. So tomatoes, kind of a funky-looking tomato. I, it's, it's, um, it's an heirloom seed, right? And... If someone were to give you seeds and you didn't have this picture, you wouldn't even know what it would look like, right? Because I, if I took a seed out, you wouldn't be able to see it, but it just looks like a, insignificant. It looks like a piece of dirt. You would think, well, you know, why? I asked for tomatoes. Why is, he, why is he giving me these? Like, these are not tomatoes. And I think oftentimes when we, um, when we, pray, when we pray, when we pray for a tomato, God gives us a seed. Or we pray for an oak tree, right? God gives us an acorn. And we wonder, God, how come you haven't answered my prayer? You know, how come you haven't given me what I asked for? And it's the same thing for transformation. We come to Christ, right? We may not see this transformation going on in our lives. And you're asking, God, why haven't I changed? Why haven't I become more patient or, or more like your son? You know, it's, it's these questions. It's these questions, but we don't see it. We haven't been able to see it. And he even says, it's like, you're not going to see it unless it dies. He's talking about the old. You know, the old has to die before the new comes. You can't hold on to the seeds. You know, you can't just hold on to them and, and then one day expect that these seeds are just going to transform into a tomato. You have to put a hole in the ground. You have to cover it. And it's God that's going to be the one to grow it. But you have to offer the sacrifice of putting the seed into the ground. And so I, I love that illustration. I just think about that. Man, some of us, right, we, we've gone to church a long time. We've, we've gone to conferences, and we just got all these seeds, right? Seeds are just maybe the word of God, maybe, maybe knowledge, or maybe a talent. You have, you have something, and yet it's just, we, we just become seed collectors. We just hold on to these things. We don't actually, you know, allow it to grow or to plant it and for it to come to fruition, and so I just, I just even, you know, felt like tonight, you know, maybe somebody here is just, you know, that's what you're doing. You're actually, you're thinking you're, you're maturing, you're thinking you're growing, but it's just, it's just seeds. All you got is just seeds. And God's like, well, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? He wants to see the fruit, not just seeds. We start with the seeds, but we want to see it grow into something more. 
continue verse 39, it says, All flesh is not identical. Animals have one flesh and human beings another. Birds have their distinct flesh and fish another. In the same way, there are earthly bodies and heavenly bodies. There is a splendor of the celestial body and a different one for the earthly. There is the radiance of the sun and the different radiance of the moon and for the stars. Even the stars differ in their shining. And that's how it will be with the resurrection of the dead. So he gives these illustrations. and He says it's going to be completely different. It's going to be like seeing the brightness of the sun. I don't know if you've been a kid and you tried looking at how bright the sun is and hurt your eyeball. And the brightness of the moon, which you can, you can look like. That's going to be the difference. You know, it's like the difference between a, a little seed, which you look at something in, insignificant, something that looks like a piece of dirt, and it grows into something, uh, grows into a piece of fruit. It's just, it's going to be completely different this, this, when, we, when we're in our new bodies, when we're resurrected with Christ. And he says in verse 43, he says, the, the body is sown in decay. So our bodies are actually decaying, but we'll be raised in immortality. It is sown in humiliation or dishonor, but it's going to be raised in glory, glorification. It is sown in weakness, but it's going to be raised in power. That gives me a lot of hope because I'm only 30 and I can feel the creaks and the cracks in my joints and I'm like, man, this is, uh, I got a few more years going on and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, I got a few more years to go, and I got to, I can't hit eject yet, you know, I can't get out of this body. But that's the thing, right? There's so many people around, there's, you know, how, you know how many people buy supplements, supplement businesses, they make billions of dollars. And I've kind of come to the conclusion is that, you know, people are trying to live forever, right? It's like they worship their body. And I think it's good to be in shape, good to be in healthy, you know, take vitamins and whatnot. But there's a certain point where it's like, man, we're all going to die. You know, we're all going to be, be eaten by worms or I'm going to be cremated, actually. So well, that's going to be even better. But <clears throat> I'll be spread my ashes in Yosemite or something cool like that for a tree. But if you think about it, we're, you know, we're not going to be able to hold on to this body. We're not going to be able to hold on to this life, and, and some people are, right, when it's, it's just a little seed, they don't realize we're getting a new life, or there is a new life, or there is a hope, it's just, that's their life, it's just this, this tiny little seed, and um, I want to share a story with you guys, I remember when I was younger, and uh, growing up, and I, my first car was a, a 99 Civic, it had like 230,000 miles of forest soil, it was a good car, Hondas are awesome, but it kind of, I, um, I came back from Europe, I needed another car, so I bought a Subaru. That car was possessed, I turned it on, the, the windshield wipers would go off, that thing was a piece of junk. But this is kind of embarrassing, but I, I spent $2,000 on this truck that was literally a piece of crap. The thing was like rusted, there was, there was literally holes in the floorboard, you know, when you're shifting, you could see the, the ground, and I was like, but. Being a young guy, you know, being a man, you know, sometimes we think we can fix something that's just, like, unfixable, right? I had this, like, vision. I was like, man, this thing's going to be so awesome. It's a diesel. I'm going to fix this up. It's going to be, like, a cool classic car. And then, like, the reality is it's just a piece of junk. It's a pile of junk. It's rusted, you know, and it, it was 
so bad. It's such a bad deal. I look at that, I'm like, dude, why did I spend that 2,000 bucks for that thing? Everything wasn't worth anything. But I was so proud of it. I, I started fixing this thing up. I put this rust stuff on it. I wanted to paint it. I built like this wooden bed because I wanted to have that cool wooden bed look. And I started driving it as my daily driver, you know. And, and in my job, we had a commute. I had a commute above the grade, and that thing's a car killer. And that's how I'm driving this thing up the grade, and this thing, I'm only going like 45 or 55. This thing is gutless. This thing's a gutless diesel. It's not even turboed or anything, if you know anything about diesels. I'm going 55, and I'm just like, gosh, you know, this thing is, you know, I, feel, I still was like, okay, this thing's still cool. I like, it's a diesel. I'm getting like 40 miles a gallon, whatever. People can pass me. But then I hear a pop, and then big old cloud of smoke comes, just smoking out everybody behind me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, if you see a white cloud of smoke behind you, you blew a head gasket in your motor. So I blew a head gasket. I was so sad, and I pulled off, and I'm like, I'm going to be late for work. But I managed to get the truck to work, and I managed to get the truck to work, but I, I realized, like, you know, it kind of just popped my dream, you know, like, oh, this is, like, going to be my dream car. And, but really, it's like, I, I just sold it. I'm like, this thing's a piece of junk. I got ripped off, and, and I, I let that go. But the, the thing is, is that it was kind of crazy how God intervened because it, when, I, when that engine blew, I was so depressed because when you don't have a car in California, you're like, you got, like, no life, you know. You're stuck, you know. You're stuck, and you're like, gosh, what am I going to do? I might have to buy, like, another crummy car again. But the, the thing is, is I, I was borrowing a car, and the crazy thing is, is that this is, like, if you, if you know my relationship with my mom and I, it was just very rocky and not very good. But, it, like, God moved her heart, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to do something for you. I'm just going to buy you a new car. And I was like, Whoa. And, like, it, it changed our relationship because, like, I've never felt like she's done anything for me. Like, she was just, we had a, not a very good relationship. But somehow God moved her heart. She got a new car for me. And so I take this car out, and I'm like, this car is so awesome. It's brand stinking new. And I go up the grade with it, and I'm like, I don't even need to slow down. I, I can just stay in fifth gear. You know, these new cars are amazing. Like, that grade used to be so hard, even on my old Civic. But what I'm, what I'm trying to share is that, like, sometimes we're stuck in the old, right? We think the old is, is going to get us somewhere. You know, I, I, I even had this, like, I was praying about this, and I even had this image. You know, I just think, I just call it sanctified imagination, but it's like, I had this image of somebody, like, in a Model T, right? Those old, you know, you had to crank those motors to start. And, like, they're, like, trying to make it up this hill, but it keeps on stalling out. And then just, just, just keep on, it keeps on going back, right? And then and they go down, they go back down the hill, and they try to crank it again. They, they, keep on, they keep on trying to go up, but it, it just keeps failing them. You know, for, for some of us, that's, that's, like, our reality, right? Where, where we have this old thing, this maybe old mindsets, old beliefs, maybe even idols or things in our life that have absolutely no power, and they can't do anything for us. They can't even get us over the sorriest hill. And kind of in the picture, it was like there was Jesus. He had a brand new car for us, right? A car that it would be no problem to go, to go over that kind of hill. And so I guess what I'm trying to share is that like sometimes we think God wants to fix the old when he wants to give us something brand new, right? We think he's going to 
you know, we get frustrated, like, man, how come God can't help me, or how come this isn't happening? It's like, well, you know, you're driving the wrong car, and you haven't given up your keys to your old car, and so that he can give you new keys to another car. And, you know, I just think that we got to check ourselves. Like, maybe we've been trying to do something, maybe trying to do something over and over again, and it's not working out, you know, and, and it's time to give up, you know, give up your keys, because the keys... In uh, the Bible, they symbolize the authority. The authority, and, and when you give the keys to God, the authority over the old, he's going to give you something new. You know, you can't keep both. You know, you like, it's like, you know, you want to keep the old car and grab the, the new car, and it's like, that's not how it works, you know. You have to give up the old and hope and expect that God is going to give you something new. And so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just felt that that's, that's for somebody here tonight, is that... Maybe you've just been doing something over and over again, and yet God wants to give you something brand new. He continues, says, If there's a physical body, there's also a spiritual body, for it's written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is the Lord Jehovah from the realm of heaven. The first man was made from dust. He's talking about Adam. And he has a race of people just like him who are made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. That last verse is so crucial. Because when you come to Christ, you're no longer, you're no longer, the image of the man of dust, of Adam. If you think of Adam, if you think of our human nature, the, the nature of just weakness, the, the nature of being able to get sick, of just of sin, as Jeremy talked about sin being like tar, you step on that, just mires everything that you touch. You know, we're, we're, not, we're no longer conformed to that old nature, but we get to actually carry the likeness of the man of heaven, talking about Jesus. And I wrote here in my notes, this is, transformation is the likeness of Jesus. That is what our hope and our expectancy is. It's, it's on being like Jesus. Because one day, we're going to be renewed. One day, we're going to be perfect. One day, we're going to be immortal. We're not going to be limited to what limits us here and now. We're going to have our personalities, but we're not going to have sin mire everything. That's what God wants to do. He wants us to exchange, make an exchange for that. You know, that's, that's something that happens in our mind. You know, are we living according to how everyone else is living? You know, because everyone else is, is living according to the man of dust. That's just, you know, you hear that song, Dust in the Wind. It's, it, it has a finite ta- time. It's not something that's going to last. It's not something that is reliable. Or are we going to live and carry the likeness of heaven and start adopting the, the heavenly perspectives, the heavenly ideas? And, and to kind of make sense in, in, in my life, I kind of had this, I think it was a revelation when I was younger, and I realized I was thinking about, you know, is the music I like going to be played in heaven? You know, I, I used to listen to like, metal and all kinds of different music, and I, I was really challenged, I think I was 18 or something, I was really challenged to, uh, 
to, someone gave me like, hey, why don't you just listen to worship music for 30 days? Because to be honest, I, I actually thought worship music was horrible. I was like, it's not very good. It's not very talented. It's kind of whining, whatever. And I don't really like it. I like singing. I like going to church and singing, but I don't listen to it. But I was just really challenged. I'm like, well, you know what? Like maybe these bands, so maybe some of these guys are going to hell and they're not gonna, I'm not going to be able to hear their music in heaven. So maybe, maybe it's I'm the one that needs to change and, and not me hoping that the Christian music needs to change. And so I, I listened to worship music for 30 days and after that, like God changed my heart. And it's like, I don't even, you know, I'm not saying, yeah, he changed my heart and like he gave me a, a passion for worship and and it's not that like it wasn't like this legalistic thing where like oh if I listen to this music I'm gonna burn in hell it was more like I don't even have a desire for that anymore like I don't even care to listen to it because it doesn't bring me life and I think that's how you know God transforms your heart is when the old things when the old things don't even appeal to you anymore when it's like you know I don't even I don't even know why I even why, why I even wanted that or why I even thought that was you know, something that was sufficient to get me around or why that was even, why I even thought that had power to actually bring something into my life. You know, that, that's just kind of, kind of my story just on that. And I try to think like that. I try to think like how heaven thinks. Like, is this, is this okay? Is this the attitude of heaven? Is this the mindset of heaven? Because we're in this process. We're works in progress, right? We still struggle. We still we still fall down. We still are torn between the two, you know, all of us, right? You guys live in Southern California, right? We're torn. We're torn in this society. I think we're torn even so much more now than ever been because if you look, who, who's the one occupying all the channels right now? Where, where do most people get their, their news or their influence? If you think about it, 90% of people get their information on the internet or the news. And you think about that as believers, and it's like, wow, like that's where people are, are formulating their world, their opinions or their beliefs and all this is from, from all that. And so it's very important for us to open up the word of God, to be in fellowship, to be transformed by one another. You know, this isn't something that happens on an individual basis. You know, this is something that happens in groups, and I kind of want to do a little bit of a table talk right now, as you guys are sitting at tables, kind of break it up, just thinking about maybe what are the what are the old things, you know, what are the old keys that you need to hand over to Christ, you know, the things in your life that haven't been working out for you, maybe maybe it's just an attitude or mindset or just a relationship, something maybe that's not working out for you, and you want God to bless you with something new. Does that sound? You guys can do that? All right, go ahead. Go ahead.
about one minute. All right, guys. I'm sorry. Hey, so I hope you... All right, one minute. One more minute. Go ahead. One more minute. Sorry, guys, we're running a little bit low on time. You know, I, I kind of had this thought right now, is that, you know, when you, when you get your license, when you get your license, it's like the most freeing thing, right? Because finally you have your independence. And I was thinking, some of us were afraid to give up the old keys because we're afraid that God wants to take away our freedom. You know, we, we actually believe it's like, God, well, God wants to take away my freedom, you know, my independence. And that's like the biggest lie that we can believe because God wants to actually set us free. Amen. He actually wants to set us free. He wants to bring us freedom. But it might not, you know, we might not even know what that even looks like because of what we're driving is something that we're so used to, what we're so comfortable with is, is that we think what we're, what we're operating is, is freedom, you know, it's, which, is just, which is just crazy to even to know that, but the Holy Spirit, He leads us in all truth. You know, sometimes we can't see it for ourselves. We need our brothers and sisters to point it out. You know, I hope everybody here has a somebody that they can that is that is actually close enough to you to tell you the truth. You know, because it says in Proverbs, you know, uh, wounds wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from from your enemy. Trace told me that today. You know, I hope you have a friend that can actually tell you the truth and that you would actually be able to listen to it because there's no deception like self-deception. And so, and I'm in this category too. Don't think for a second that I have a hard time giving up keys and, and things, you know, in my life because that's, that's been my life is just transformation, you know, walking away from the old into the new and it's going to continue to happen until the day I die. And so, I want to kind of close up a little bit. got a few more verses. It says, now I tell you this, my brothers and sisters, Flesh and blood are not able to inherit God's kingdom realm. It's a powerful verse right there. And neither will be that which is decaying <clears throat> be able to inherit what is incorruptible. See, the old can't inherit the new. We can't bring our old stuff into, into the kingdom, into the, into the heaven. Listen, I'll tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die. We will 
all be transformed. It will happen in an instant, in, a, in the twinkling of his eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded, the dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible. We will be transformed. For we will discard our mortal clothes and slip into a body that is imperishable. What is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, Death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me, death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. That is our hope right there. That's the whole enchilada is the victory right there that Christ has done for us through the cross right there. I heard it from my, I listened to some stories and stuff and, and I've heard, you know, people who have near death or they've died or experiences like that. And, you know, maybe some of them are fake or whatnot, but they, they talk about how when you die, it's like taking off old clothes and you're, you're in something new. And they actually said that they felt better. They felt, they felt uh, better than they did when they were on earth, which is kind of crazy. There was even some movies recently, a guy getting hit by a semi-truck, and he, and he gets like a two-inch piece of his femur shot out. He's dead on the scene, but some guy crawls through the... He couldn't even get in the car. He crawls through the trunk. The guy's been dead already, and he prays for him. guy comes back to life, and he was just saying, God, how could you bring me back to earth after I saw heaven? It was just so glorious. And so it's going to be amazing. And I love that Foss saying that song because really all we can do is imagine how good it's going to be. You know, we look at some of the beautiful things on earth, and it's like, man, God made that, but it's going to be even better. And so my, my work here in my note is that we can't, we can't have heaven without wanting transformation. As it said earlier, you know, flesh and blood are not able to inherit God's kingdom realm. You know, we have to, we have to want transformation if we want heaven. And I used to hear this thing, you know, oh, you know, God will let me into heaven. I'm a good person. And you used to hear that and be like, you know, that sounds, when I was a younger Christian, that sounds right, but what you're saying is like, well, I don't want to change. I don't want God to come in and, and give me a new heart. You know, if you know heart surgery, they got to crack your ribs open, they got to cut you right down the middle. It's an invasive surgery. And what they're saying is, I don't want God to mess with my life. You know, I think I'm good enough. But the, thing, the truth is, is that we can't have heaven without wanting transformation, without wanting to actually become into the likeness of Jesus. And I'm just, um, yeah, I, just, I would tell anybody that, you know, who thinks they, 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 can, they can make it. It's like, man, there's people that are not going to let you in their house without you taking off your shoes. That makes you think you can get into heaven. You know, it's just like, right? It's like you're going to be tracking that dirt into my house. It's like, you going to let you into heaven? I don't know. People are crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Let's, let's close this thing. It says, so now, beloved ones, I like how he ends here. He says, stand firm and secure. We've got to stand firm and secure. Live your lives with unshakable confidence. We know that we will prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured 
that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. You know, I, I want to just close, you know, I wrote, a foolish person is going to do nothing with their seeds. And you're only going to get fruit when there's growth. You know, and we all know growth is hard, growth is tough, but that's how fruit happens. And when we want God's will, we got to do it his way. Some of us just, we pray these things, right? Like, God, help me, help me. But he's like, man, get out of that old car. Come in this new one. Do things my way. Don't keep asking me to, to bless your way when you're, when you're not doing it in my way. And so I think that's important because some of us, we, we put God, we actually put ourselves in a box, right? We ask God for something, and uh, we give him three options. God, I'm going to give you three options right here. When you do that, you put yourself in a box, and, and God's not going to fit in a box. Because when you, when you ask for something, you're also, you're also, when you're asking for his will, you're going to have to do it his way. You're going to have to, maybe you're going to have to come to church, you know. Maybe there's people that pray for stuff, and they're stuck at home, and, and they think they can do church on their own. Maybe they got to come to church. Maybe they got to join a group. Maybe you got to seek counsel, do something, right, to do something other than what they've been doing. And so I just want to close. I, I, the last picture I wanted to share is, um, you know, I, I, there's some of us that are they're stuck in that kind of that Model T, that old junky car, they're trying to do things over and over again. It keeps stalling you. It's not reliable. It's not powerful. It's not helpful. But I, I also have, um, kind of have a word is that there's some people that have seeds in the room, and, and those seeds are actually like sequoia trees. Those, those seeds are, are powerful. You know, how many of you know that like a sequoia tree seed is like really small? It's like one of the smallest seeds, and yet it's a gigantic tree. I, I kind of felt that there's, there's, there's seeds in this room that are like sequoia trees, and those might be dreams, those might be uh, talents, those might be gifts or, or things that God has given people, but the thing is, is that, um, the, the, I think the word I received is that disappointment is keeping people, keeping those seeds from growing. Because maybe what you, what you asked for, maybe what you prayed for is um, you prayed for something huge, something big, and you, and you don't see it. And yet God is giving that little seed to do something with, the, that dream or that talent. And he just wants you to be faithful with that before, before it grows. And that's just the way he, he works. And so I just had that. If, that. if that's for you, great. If it's not, then don't worry about it. I just felt like sharing that. But I just want to pray. If you guys want to just stand with me in the end right here, just pray. <clears throat> you guys can pray with me as uh, we want people just praying for transformation. Lord, I just pray, God, for all of us, Lord, that your spirit of transformation be upon us, Lord. Whether it's we, we need to get out of this old car, this old thing that's not helping us, Lord, or whether it's to be faithful with what we already have, God, and put it in the ground, Lord. I just pray that, that we would see a year of transformation, Lord, that there would be testimonies here, there would be people rising up, God, that they would see change, they would see growth, they would see fruit, Lord, and they would know that, um, that God is doing something here during the church, that God is moving, Lord. So we just, just shower us with grace, Lord. Shower us with your presence. Be near to us, Lord, and and let us, if there's a word for us here tonight, Lord, I pray that we would take it to heart, Lord, that we would do something with it, Lord, not to just take it and, and, and leave it on the shelf, Lord. So just, we just bless your name, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.